Well, welcome to another edition of the Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh. It is Movie Monday today, and we have a great movie to give away. Uh, we've got some great conversation to have, and uh, also, uh, well, some rather challenging news to get through. Now, today is July 31st, and before we go any further, I'm going to mention this in every half hour of our live edition of the program here today. Today is my lovely wife, Lisa's birthday, and I'm super excited uh, to be sharing this day with her again. She is my true love, my best friend, and I'm so grateful that God brought us together about five and a half years ago. And it's just to be able to celebrate with her is just uh, wonderful to be able to have, uh, you know, the opportunity to have a home studio so I can do the show from home today and um, and celebrate her. But Lisa, my love, I'm so grateful that we get to celebrate. And I'm thrilled that I was able to surprise you with your sister uh, flying in from out of state to uh, have a great weekend with you, too. So I love you, sweetheart. Happy birthday. You'll never, bottom line listeners, will never find out how old my wife is ever. Ever, ever, ever. I tell you all the time, probably once a week, how old I am. You will never find out how old my wife is. <laughs> and people look at pictures sometimes. They're like, boy, you guys have a big age difference. And you can think whatever you want to. That's all I have to say about that. Um, Movie Monday, and we've got some great DVDs to give away today about the lack of tolerance in the culture. Our friends at the Providence Forum have put this video project together. Jerry Newcomb is going to join me later this hour. Also, Daniel Darling, former director of communications for the National Religious Broadcasters Convention. That's a whole story in and of itself. Uh, he's going to join me in the second half hour to also talk about uh, ways that we in the body of Christ can have dialogue with people outside the church and even within the church with people that we don't uh, necessarily agree with to do a better job of uh, communicating. And uh, it's a powerful book that Dan's written based on an experience that uh, was kind of uh, shocking to him as a member of the National Religious Broadcasters Convention, but we'll get into that too. So lots of giveaways. We're giving away three DVDs of Jerry Newcomb's movie, and we're giving away a copy of Dan Darling's book as well. So if you came to win something today, you have come to the right place, 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278 is the number to get you through to the bottom line. And I'll mention this now here at the start of the program. If you call and you wish my wife Lisa a happy birthday, you're going to win something. Okay, even if you don't win one of the big prizes we're giving away here on this movie Monday, you get bonus points for mentioning Lisa's birthday. Okay, and if you guess her birthday, no, I'm not even going to do it. We're not even going to go there. I was going to say that'd be fun to see if somebody could actually guess, but you'll never get that information from me. Uh, we start the program off today on a bit of a somber note. You know, it's, it's, it's tough when people in the sanctity of life community, the pro-life community, are fighting so hard for the protection of the rights of the unborn, for the lives of the unborn, and for moms who are, you know, making that decision, moms and dads who are discussing whether or not, you know, pregnancy is right for them. Uh, we don't presume that anybody is just going to automatically assume anymore. I mean, it used to be in the culture that if a man and a woman got pregnant, the first thing they thought of was what's best for the child, and they would make necessary arrangements. I mean, the, the proverbial shotgun wedding uh, used to be a thing. As a matter of fact, the uh, Bureau of Labor Statistics, the Census Department, they used to track these things. And as recently as 1960, the number of couples who got pregnant and then got married um, was dramatically high. I mean, something like 95% of all pregnancies, the couple wound up getting married. Now, they may not have stayed married, but uh, they wound up getting married. And the reason they did was for the sake of the child. 
There's a great story about uh, Andrew McCutcheon, who currently is back with the Pittsburgh Pirates. He came up with the Pirates and had a great career with them and then went on and played for the Giants. And I think he was with some other teams. Signed again with the Pirates, and he may have been traded by the time we're on the air here. I don't know. I haven't looked. But Andrew's mom and dad were high school sweethearts, and they got pregnant. And they um, had baby boy. And about four or five years into their uh, raising him, they were co-parenting, but they weren't married. Uh, they read a few studies about the benefits of being married and raising a child and how good it was for the child. And so even though they weren't like madly and passionately in love with each other, they got married. And they said the reason they got married was for their son. Now, Andrew McCutcheon went on to become a Major League Baseball star. Mom and dad actually love each other. And uh, they, they, they love, the, love the Lord now and have a good relationship with Christ. But, you know, those are the stories we like to talk about. Those are the stories we like to see uh, magnified. But the left will always come back and say, well, you know, you sanctity of life people and Christians and pro-lifers or whatever. What about the people that bomb abortion clinics? I mean, that's just, uh, that's terrible. It's wrong. And, and I will be the first to defend the position that says, hey, wait a minute. That may have happened. Yes, I know George Tiller, a.k.a. Tiller the killer, was shot and killed. I, I know that some abortion clinics have been firebombed in the past. But that type of stuff doesn't happen all that much anymore, right? So when it does happen, we have to pay attention to it. And uh, there was an attack uh, on uh, back in the early hours of March the 13th, 2020. Uh, excuse me, 2022, where three guys... Uh, drove to the Planned Parenthood in Costa Mesa and actually launched a Molotov cocktail, which you'll know is basically it's a chemical compound. It's got some alcohol, whatever, and it's in a bottle and they put a handkerchief in it like the handkerchief. It then will ignite it. They'll throw it at the building and it's going to explode. Um, on the early morning hours of March 13th, 2020, uh, a couple of guys, 23-year-old Clarence or Chance Brannon, an active-duty Marine from San Juan Capistrano who was stationed at Camp Pendleton, uh, and a guy called Tibet Urgul of Irvine, 21 years of age, um, were involved in a, uh, the driving to the clinic. Uh, they, they left Urgul's home. They ignited a Molotov cocktail. They started a fire by throwing it at the entrance to the clinic. The following morning, the Planned Parenthood clinic was forced to close. They had to cancel dozens of appointments. Um, the day after uh, he and Brandon started the fire, Urgul texted an acquaintance taking credit for the fire and noting that he wished that he, quote unquote, could have recorded the combustion. Well, now a, uh, a third uh, Marine, a guy by the name of Xavier Batten of Brooksville, uh, Florida, was arrested a week ago now by FBI special agents. Uh, made his initial court appearance in Florida the same day. Uh, he's being held without bond. Apparently, he's the guy who told the other two Marines how to uh, create a Molotov cocktail. Uh, United States Attorney Martin Estrada said the attack, the alleged attack was, quote, violent and reckless and intolerable. The indictment, I'm quoting him here, the indictment shows that federal law enforcement will work diligently to uncover and hold accountable those who plan and carry out violent extremist acts against others, uh, end quote. As much as I detest abortion, and I know you do too, uh, bombing an abortion clinic has no place in the church. It has no place in the sanctity of life movement. I utterly and wholeheartedly condemn what these three young men did. I understand the passion. No question about it. Absolutely understand the passion. But I'm grateful for law enforcement who will prosecute this to the fullest extent of the law because what they did was wrong. Full stop. 
the fact that these three young guys got caught up in the moment and decided that they were going to uh, they, were, they were going to you know, make a statement, as it were, for the sanctity of human life. I don't know what their motivation was. I mean, if they had a personal story, one of the guys maybe uh, had a girlfriend who got pregnant and she had an abortion and they didn't like that. I, I don't know. Maybe they were just a bunch of guys in their early 20s full of you know, vin and vigor and they wanted to go out and do something. Either way, this is not ever acceptable. Bombing an abortion clinic, attacking abortion workers, physically threatening harm, never appropriate. And uh, we're grateful for law enforcement for prosecuting us to the fullest extent of the law. And Lord God, please help those who support the sanctity of human life, literally from its creation in the womb all the way through the final lap of the marathon and heading home to you. I pray, Father, that we would support and uphold the dignity of human life. And even for those who disagree with our position and those who would even go so far as to want to take the life of these children or the elder and infirm. Help us to show them the love of Christ is the better way to go and not resort to physical violence, force, etc. Uh, we ask all these things in the precious and powerful name of Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. And all God's children said, Amen. Hey, let's take a quick break. And when we come back, it's Movie Monday here on the Bottom Line Show. Our friends at the Providence Forum, which means Dr. Jerry Newcomb is standing by, uh, they've put together a new video. And this video is interesting because it takes a look at the so-called tolerance police in the culture and asks the question, why are they so intolerant? And they'll look at us in the body of Christ and say, well, you guys are just as bad, if not worse, than the intolerance. Well, yes, we, we do not tolerate sin. We do not tolerate evil. So, yeah, that makes us intolerant in that regard. But what about this tolerance movement that's basically, and maybe unwittingly, trying to force goodness and godly values out of the culture. I'll have that conversation about this brand new movie called Intolerant uh, with Dr. Jerry Newcomb coming up next as the bottom line continues. You can protect against market volatility without investing all your money into bonds. Wilson Financial has simply better alternatives. The last 12 months, there has been almost $1.7 trillion invested in investment-grade bonds. This move to safety locks up money for a long time of guaranteed low returns. Why? Market volatility. Well, my comment is why go with low earnings for a long time when you can get great earnings with a solid real estate-backed investment paying you 6% over the next three years. After three years, you can invest in another option, or you can do what most of our investors do and reinvest in another one of our new exclusive 6% accounts. This strategy gives you the best of both options without settling for many years of low returns. Our 3D Money 6% account pays you great interest while you're not subjecting yourself to market volatility. Call 800-696-9970, 800-696-9970, or visit kbrightradio.com slash Wilson Financial and ask about Dennis Wilson's exclusive real estate-backed 6% investment account. Wilson Financial Services, for simply better alternatives. A special guest joining us for this Movie Monday edition of The Bottom Line. It's always a pleasure to get some time with Dr. Jerry Newcomb, who's the executive director of the Providence Forum. He's a senior producer and also served as on-air host for Truths of Transformed, the Dr. T. James Kennedy's ministry. And he has not one but two video projects to talk about with us today here on the program. So it's great to have Dr. Jerry Newcomb back. Jerry, welcome back to The Bottom Line Show. Thank you, Roger. Good to be with you again. Let's talk about these these kind of their uh, they are film projects that kind of uh, piggyback, if you will. I mean, there's so much of the intolerance that's happening right now. So many people questioning constitutional uh, issues with regard to law and things of that nature. And a new documentary endowed by their creator is coming out. But also there's a, a new film called Intolerant. T- t- let's talk about the, the idea, first and foremost, that 
there is a war on religious liberty. And ironically, the people who are calling for tolerance and acceptance and welcoming and all that are the ones who are actually the least tolerant people in the culture right now. That is so true. Uh, the Intolerant special produced by D. James Kennedy Ministries, the whole team of the television department and so forth, is really focusing on the threats to religious liberty in our time. And uh, one of the segments that I was involved in directly was kind of contrasting what the founders of America had in mind about this subject versus what is happening today. But it, it just shows you some of the current, you know, some of these stories and so forth involving threats to religious freedom. Mm. You know, when you talk about what the threats are, I'm sure there are a lot of people who say, hey, I don't like seeing displays of this or, you know, the the the, the pride flags and parades and things that we're being bombarded with right now. But one of the things I think it's important for us to understand as Christians, especially, is to know what the Constitution says, to know what our legal rights are, and then to be able to have that conversation based on what actually is the law as opposed to what is the, uh, I guess, the law of cultural, you know, popular opinion right now, which sometimes says anything that the LGBTQ crowd wants to do is, quote unquote, protected, and anybody who challenges them is committing an act of violence or hate speech. Talk about how intolerance uh, helps us to kind of see where the battle lines are drawn so that we could be more effective and, you know, ultimately more loving in terms of telling people the truth about the, the errors of their ways. Sure. Well, America was really founded by people seeking religious freedom. And eventually what they ended up doing was establishing such a you know place where we could have religious freedom. And then that freedom was extended to others. And basically you, you fast forward to today and the very ideas that gave birth to the freedom for so many, uh, now all of a sudden those who uh, you know, uh, founded the country, their ideas are into intolerated. They're not mm -hmm. being tolerated. And so mm -hmm. it's just kind of a, an amazing irony. But the founding fathers, when they uh, created the Constitution and then the First Amendment to the Constitution, so with the Bill of Rights and so forth. In fact, let me just real fast. When the Constitution was first written, there were many who said, OK, we agree with this document overall. But you got to add in print, you know, make it clear that there are certain rights that we have, you know, a bill of rights. Mm -hmm. And so the founders, being men of, uh, of, of goodwill and men of their word, they ended up creating the first 10 amendments to the U.S. Constitution. The first Congress did this. And the first amendment of, you know, the first one of the 10 amendments, it begins with these words, Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof. Mm -hmm. And historically, this first liberty, which is religious liberty, it was understood, the first part of that was understood, the no establishment clause, as it's known, was understood to mean that, okay, here in America, we're not going to have a, a, a national federal church at the mm -hmm. you know, federal national level like they have the Church of England. We're not going to have right. that in America. We'll have these different denominations. So in effect, what they were saying is, we're not going to allow in America one denomination to lord it over all the other denominations. And uh, so, but when they even adopted those words at the state level, they were literally, uh, about half of the states had 
state churches, <laughs> and those were never declared unconstitutional. They they mostly withered away of their own accord. The last one uh-huh. to go, by the way, left 50 years later. I mean, it, it finally, they just kind of pulled the plug on it in 1833. That was uh, Massachusetts with the Congregational Church, which was the church by law established in that state. Now, that wasn't ideal. It was not ideal. But basically, the founders didn't want to have a national denomination. That absolutely did not mean they did not want the acknowledgement of God to be allowed uh, in the public arena. I mean, mm-hmm. they're the ones who hired uh, at taxpayers' expense as, as part of the whole system, chaplains for the military, chaplains for the legislatures. If they believed in this strict separation of church and state the way the ACLU and their ilk wanted to be, uh, they would never have done that. They would right. not have had national days of, of prayer and thanksgiving. And In fact, the very men who gave us the very wording of the First Amendment, they had actually, they wrote a letter to uh, George Washington, our first president under the Constitution, and they said, now that we have peaceably assembled and created our own government, you know, in felicity, through God's help and so forth, why don't you declare a national day of thanksgiving to Almighty God to celebrate this this important event. And George Washington agreed. And so on October 3, 1789, our first president wrote out this prayer, you know, prayer proclamation of thanksgiving, National Day of Thanksgiving to be held in late November. And this was the first time uh, as, you know, as a uh, a new government under the Constitution where we actually had a National Day of Thanksgiving. And there were many other days of Thanksgiving, uh, you know, until Abraham Lincoln made it an annual holiday. Just think about that, Roger. Mm. An annual holiday of Thanksgiving to Almighty God? Great well, idea. What about the separation of church and state? <laughs> yeah, you know, it yeah. doesn't uh-huh. work, because uh-huh. that's, that's not what they were thinking of. They were just thinking in terms of, we're going to have this religious liberty, and but you're, you're not going to be forced to believe something you don't believe in. We're not going to as Thomas Jefferson put it, we're not going to force or beget habits of hypocrisy, mm. which which is what happens when you have a national denomination, uh, right. you know, or national church uh, at the federal level, and people are required and forced to uh, to you know profess to believe that way. It's fascinating to hear these uh, words from Dr. Jerry Newcomb, the executive director of the Providence Forum, talking about a new documentary from uh, D. James Kennedy Ministries called Intolerant that targets the war on religious liberty. Jerry, as you were just reading from the words of the uh, the Bill of Rights, the First Amendment, and how many times do people get that Congress shall make no law part and they stop halfway through, you know, in terms of there will be no national religion. But they forget the second part that says, but we're also not going to prohibit people from worshiping, from, you know, maintaining the religion that they want to establish. And so I think there there is part of the rub in one area where we as Christians can lovingly, but uh, assertively, firmly uh, kind of uh, hold on to the Constitution and say, yeah, don't forget, it says we shouldn't be, you know, establishing a national religion, but it also says the government doesn't get the right to hold us back as well. 
What was the hope behind this? I mean, it's a very informational film. What was the hope behind making the movie intolerant? Because some people will see the title and say, see, I'm just going to use this to prove that I'm right. But I know that at D. James Kennedy Ministries, the Providence Forum, you always have a much deeper, more holistic uh, intent uh, for the purpose of these these projects, the more than just saying, let's get everybody all riled up and then you know sit, sit there and stew for a while about it. <laughs> well, I appreciate that, Roger. Yeah, no, it's, that's a good point. In fact, if I could back up even and just mention this point, D. James Kennedy, the founder of our ministry, joined forces back in the late uh, or in the mid-90s, 1990s, with Dr. Dobson, with the late Bill Bright, with the late Marlon Maddox, and a couple mm. of others, Larry Burkett, and they founded something called the Alliance Defending Freedom. Yep. And some of the guests in the program are, are uh, affiliated with that. The Alliance Defending Freedom is on the cutting edge of, you know, fighting for our religious freedom. So instead of stewing, like you were saying, and just saying, oh, isn't this terrible? Uh, they've been, you know, on the forefront of, of fighting for religious liberty. In fact, Bill Federer is one of the guests in our special, and oh, he often nice. likes to say this. Yeah, I love Bill Federer. He, yeah. He's my good friend. Uh, he likes to say this point. He says, you know, the number one priority is to preach the gospel, and the number two priority is to make sure that it's still legal to preach the gospel. You know? <laughs> so in other words, uh, so that's part of what this is all about. And the uniquely um, irony, the unique irony of, of all this is the idea of America losing its religious freedom. America was founded for religious mm -hmm. freedom. It was mm -hmm. founded by people who were seeking religious freedom. And, you know, you, you could look at the Annals of America, which is a product put out by the Encyclopedia Britannica, and you look at the early charters as you read through them, you know, the Mayflower Compact and the, the Fundamental Orders of Connecticut and so forth. You see, Christian liberties was the main purpose as the founders, I mean, as the, the pilgrims said, for example, in the Mayflower Compact, having undertaken a, a, a voyage for the glory of God and the advancement of the Christian faith, and they talked about how they covenanted and combined themselves to become a civil body politic. They, they created the first type of constitution, if, if you will, on American soil that, you know, finally uh, grew up and, you know, in, in full development, uh, gave us the, uh, the Declaration of Independence and the, the U.S. Constitution. The Fundamental Order of Connecticut, 1639, the first fully developed constitution on American soil. That's why to this day, if you see license plates from Connecticut, it says the Constitution stayed. Well, wait right. a minute. The Constitution was written in Philadelphia. Uh, not, you know, Pennsylvania, therefore not Connecticut. Yeah, but the fundamental orders that, that you know, original constitution that they wrote in 1639, where they said the reason for this colony is the liberty and purity of the gospel of our Lord Jesus. So to think of a land where so many came uh, to basically practice their faith. I mean, uh, William Penn called his big colony, the Pennsylvania. He didn't call it Pennsylvania. He thought that was too vain. Uh, but the king, King Charles II, said, no, no, no. I'm going to, you know, this is an honor of your father, and I'm going to, you know, that's the name that's going to stick. But anyway, Penn called his, his uh, colony 
the holy experiment. The holy experiment was that people of all these different Christian faiths, but different denominations or whatever, were all allowed to be able to to live and practice and, and practice their faith. Mm-hmm. It was a holy experiment. So the idea that America created ultimately for religious liberty, that we would lose our religious liberty here, that is just a terrible thing, and we must fight it. Uh, and, and fight like like you're saying, graciously and winsomely, but but forcibly, you know, yes. in terms of asserting this this is our heritage, and uh, this is absolutely a hill worth dying for, or yes, you Dr. know, dying on, so to speak. Yes, Dr. Jerry Newcomb, my guest today here on the Bottom Line, the new film we're talking about is called Intolerant. It takes a look at the targeting war that has been aimed squarely at religious liberty here in the United States and how we as Christians who are American citizens can stand our ground, but also help other people see that religious liberty is what sets us apart from the rest of the world and makes America not just a special place and better than everyone else, but when everyone has religious liberty, everyone thrives and everyone prospers. We've got a link for this movie up at thebottomlineshow.com. We'll take a quick break, and when we come back, uh, take a look at its country cousin, the new movie on the Constitution itself, uh, endowed by their creator is its name, and we'll take a look at that with Dr. Jerry Newcomb. Coming up next as The Bottom Line continues. You're a Christian who's been injured, so you need Christian attorney Stephanie Cover of Cover Law to fight for you. With Stephanie, it's not just a routine legal process, it's a spiritual battle. She understands that a legal fight involves more than flesh and blood. It means confronting principalities and powers, and that's why she consistently prays with and for her clients. She forms long-lasting relationships with her clients, just as you would expect from someone who engages in spiritual battle alongside another believer. Praise for Stephanie pours in through cards, thank you texts, and letters from clients who thank her for checking up on them, coming to see them in the hospital, praying, and even finding alternative care when current care is inadequate. Inspired by Jesus' command to love one another, Stephanie uses her skill as an attorney and knowledge of insurance processes to fight for your completeness and healing. Don't wait any longer. Contact Stephanie Cover today at kbrightradio.com slash cover and let her take up your spiritual battle. Welcome back to this Movie Monday edition of the Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh, and we're giving away DVDs today here on the Bottom Line. Dr. Jerry Newcomb, president of the... Uh, Providence Forum is my guest. Their brand new video produced in conjunction with D. James Kennedy Ministries is called Intolerant. It takes a look at leftism and progressivism here in the U.S. and practical ways that we in the body of Christ can lovingly share the good news with people who are intolerant of those values. We have not one, not two, but three copies of this DVD to give away here on this Movie Monday. I'd love to place one in your hands. 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278. The number to get you through to the bottom line. And remember, it's my lovely wife Lisa's birthday today. So if you pass along a birthday greeting to Crystal that I can pass along to Lisa, you're going to win something too. 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278 is the number to get you through to the bottom line. Why is intolerance one of the virtues of progressives on the left? when it also is one of the virtues for those of us on the right. Of course, what we're intolerant of is totally different than what they are. More of my conversation with Dr. Jerry Newcomb on this topic in just a moment as The Bottom Line continues. Welcome back to The Bottom Line. I'm Roger Marsh along with Dr. Jerry Newcomb, Executive Director of the Providence Forum and uh, involved in the ministry of D. James Kennedy Ministries with the film projects that uh, they put out uh, just 
by the bunches. I mean, you guys were really busy, Jerry, and we're really grateful that you have the opportunity to talk about the intolerant movie uh, that targets the war on religious liberty. And now this new uh documentary as well and endowed by their creator which takes a look i mentioned the constitution but let's get first the the, the, that line endowed by their creator actually comes from the declaration of independence talk about why this was an important one to to make because a lot of people will say america is a christian nation i just know it but they really don't know how to articulate it sure well the the line itself endowed by their creator you know Thomas Jefferson said in the Declaration of Independence, we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal and are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, the right to life, the right to uh, liberty, and the right to the pursuit of happiness. So, you know, this is a very interesting thing. But the bottom line is what makes America so unique is that the founders recognized They acknowledged and put it in writing that our rights come from the creator. My good friend Bill Federer likes to point out that, you know, what the state giveth, the state can taketh away. And a lot of people think that that our rights come from the state or come from the government. No, no, our rights come from God. And the founders acknowledged that. And so this particular special endowed by their creator is part of a series of films I've been making for Providence Forum. The overall series is called The Foundation of American Liberty, and that foundation is our Judeo-Christian heritage. And this is one of seven hour-long documentaries, plus there's a lot of bonus footage that we're able to put on, at at least in the the DVD copies of these things. And anyway, um, the Endowed by Their Creator deals with the, the history of the Declaration itself uh, with kind of a mini biography of Thomas Jefferson, who's often misunderstood. Um, that's, a, that's kind of a very nuanced picture, but I'll continue. Uh, a contrast between French Revolution and the American Revolution, and the short answer to that is the French Revolution was anti-God and the American War for Independence was pro-God. And then it also deals with the the absurdity of banishing the creator from the public arena in a nation that was built on the foundation of, you know, acknowledging that our rights come from the creator. So it, it basically looks at this whole battle over religious liberty, but it deals a lot with the founding era and, you know, what, what, what actually happened to create this uh, incredible document and get it accepted. It's interesting in my conversations with George Barna and the research he's doing with the uh, American Worldview Inventory at Arizona Christian University, he said one of the most shocking shifts in the culture over the past three, four years, you know, pretty much the pandemic years, is the number of people who, A, believe that there is an absolute moral uh, standard. That's gone up about 6%. It had been on the decline for years and years and years. And that would indicate to us, hey, that's good news because maybe people are finally starting to wake up to the fact that, you know, biblical values are the way to go. But he said, at the same time that's happening, what is also happening is that the biblical worldview influence is on the decline because when it comes to moral standards, most people think that they are good enough. You know, they they can actually go ahead and establish that. Talk about why understanding that key phrase from the Declaration of Independence, Dr. Jerry Newcomb, is critical for us to be able to articulate to other people who might think, yeah, I'm a good person. And as long as everyone agrees with me, we can all have liberty. We can all have freedom, right? That's well, it's so yeah, juvenile, no, that's... so <laughs> infantile. But, but that's where a lot of people Yeah, are that's a good 
Yeah, you're you're absolutely right. In fact, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. By the way, no. uh, Dennis Prager, one of our guests in the in the special, uh, as well as Bill Federer and Oz Guinness and so forth. Uh, but anyway, Mr. Prager makes an interesting observation. He says God is the ultimate battle in in our time, and he said it's, it's because look, the founders created the nation. Uh, you know, based on the understanding about God and that God would hold us accountable one day. And he said, uh, the reason that God is so important is if if you have somebody that, that, you know, basically they choose for themselves whatever their morals will be, they don't acknowledge that God will hold them accountable, well, then they can do whatever they want to and just justify it in their own mind and, and in their own heart. So we said that, you know, it's important that we recognize that the founders recognized or built this system with that understanding about God holding us accountable. And so, you know, in fact, Roger, if I could just real fast, yeah. if you look at the the 20th century and you look at all the different uh, places where they did experiments in, you know, in rejecting God. So, for example, the Soviet Union or uh, Nazi Germany, where effectively Hitler was God, you know, Heil Hitler, praise Hitler, they were saying. Uh, anyway, all those different places, it was a horrible, horrible thing for everybody, except for the, you know, the tiny elite, <laughs> you know, that, that, that ran everything, mm -hmm. uh, because they, they, as D. James Kennedy put it, in a humanist state, you if if you have a problem with the with the government, you can't appeal to any other higher authority. You're, right, you're nice. you know you're in trouble. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, in fact, I've often wondered why would God allow some of the evil things that did happen, especially in the 20th century? And I think part of the answer that I've come to is so that you know God would allow us not to go down that route again. I mean, it's mm -hmm. just it's amazing what they've done. And uh, it, it's, it's all because, to use a phrase from Paul Johnson, the great historian, uh, these are godless constructs. Uh, you know, the, the, Paul Johnson, of modern, who wrote Modern Times, he also wrote A History of the American People. I've, I've enjoyed and appreciated and used a lot of his research through the years in these things. But he said that the 20th century totalitarian state proved to be the greatest killer of all time. And they did that, again, based on a godless foundation, whereas the America's founders said, our rights come from God. We are endowed by, uh, you know, our creator, creator with these rights. That's the key. It's God's natural law, and recognizing that was a shocking uh, concept to many people worldwide. But as we've seen the advancements that have come through the United States, whether it's system of government, uh, the uh, uh, the liberation of uh, slaves, the uh, emancipation, if you will, of them, and, and also seeing women and people of all backgrounds thriving. You know, it, it, it's still a lot of work to do, but uh, I think most people would agree, Dr. Jerry Newcomb, that uh, the, the religious liberty, uh, acknowledging what is endowed by our creator rather than given by government, is such a radical concept even today that uh, even on our worst days, America is still the best option in terms of government and countries compared to what we're seeing 
in the culture right now. Dr. Jerry Newcomb, my guest today here on The Bottom Line, two new movies to share with you. One of them is the historical documentary called Endowed by Their Creator, and also the movie Intolerant, which takes a look at the uh, the war on religious liberty. Jerry, we've got about 60 seconds left in our conversation time together. What is your hope for these? these you mentioned there's a whole series here, and these are kind of companion uh, pieces in that whole series. Talk about uh, the ministry of D. James Kennedy and Providence Forum and what you're hoping to accomplish with these projects. Okay, well, mainly to educate Christians, to improve that worldview aspect, <laughs> to give them more of a biblical worldview and, you know, uh, understanding more of the history of the things. I think a lot of people just don't understand history these days yeah. very much. So, uh, let me, if I could, steer people to the djameskennedy.org website, okay, uh, and then also the providenceforum.org website, uh, where people could learn more information about these things. Intolerant is a production of D. James Kennedy Ministries. The Endowed by Their Creator is a production, ultimately, of D. James Kennedy Ministries, but there's a division within it called Providence Forum. But the way to, to, to learn about those films in the American Foundation series is uh, ProvidenceForum.org. Okay. So again, we're hoping that people could realize what the founders gave us and, uh, and how God is central to the whole point. In fact, Patrick Henry put it this way. It is when a people forget God that tyrants forge their chains. Mm. And Roger, when you think about it, aren't you kind of hearing some of those chains clanking oh, yeah. these days? But oh, that's yeah. because people have forgotten God. Mm -hmm. Yeah, certainly have. And um, woe to those who not only forget him, but then try to dismiss him, knowing that he is ultimately judge and jury. And, and praise be to God that we have the opportunity to live as his children, as free citizens of heaven, but also residents and citizens here of the United States of America. Dr. Jerry Newcomb, Executive Director of the Providence Forum, two outstanding new releases that we've got linked up at thebottomlineshow.com. Jerry, always a pleasure to get time with you. Thanks for being with us today here on The Bottom Line. Thank you, Roger. Well, Intolerant is a perfect uh, vehicle to use for us in the body of Christ who are trying to seek to help to reach out to people who are on the left and they are just, they're, they're frustrating to those of us who know what the truth is and the truth has set us free. Uh, the Intolerant DVD will be very helpful for you to see how intolerant progressives really are, but then ultimately how we can reach out to them in love. We've got not one, not two, but three copies of this DVD we're giving away today here on this Movie Monday here on The Bottom Line Show. We'd love to put one in your hands today, so give Crystal a call, 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278 is the number to get you through to the bottom line. Again, we've got three copies of the DVD called Intolerant that we're giving away today here on Movie Monday. 800-227-5278. Political division, racial tension, vaccine wars, uh, award-winning writer, journalist, and podcast host Daniel Darling takes a look at those in a brand new book of his called Agents of Grace, How to Bridge Divides and Love as Jesus Loved. We've got a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com, and we're giving away a copy. I'll tell you more about that in just a moment. Uh, Daniel joins me to talk about what it means to be a Christ follower in a world that is hostile to our faith, and how that we, even in the body of Christ, when we have disagreements, can actually, uh, well, t take a lesson from a guy who used to be the spokesperson for the National Religious Broadcasters Association, um, and then he was fired from that job. 
What was it that he did that was so radical that made headlines? Well, you're going to find out coming up next as the bottom line continues. It's one thing to say we want to be healing in the culture. We want to bring people together. We want to get rid of divisions and things of that nature. But when you see so much of it in the culture, and then you turn it around and look and say that it even spills over into the church, there's a real question. What does it mean to love people the way Jesus loved them? whether they are your friends or even your enemies. Today here on The Bottom Line, we're going to get into a new resource that helps us address that very issue. It's a brand new book called Agents of Grace, How to Bridge Divides and Love as Jesus Loved. The author of the book is Daniel Darling, an award-winning writer, author, and Christian leader whose public profile expanded exponentially as the result of being the subject of a national news story. We'll get into that in just a moment. Daniel Darling, welcome back to The Bottom Line Show. Well, I am so honored to be back on with you and love the work that you're doing and eager to talk about these things. Well, I appreciate that. Very kind of you to say. Um, You had the position as the spokesman, spokesperson, if you will, for an organization that I talk a lot about here on the Bottom Line Show, the National Religious Broadcasters Association. I go to the NRB convention every year, get to meet with people, uh, do interviews, this, that, and the other thing. Um, You were working as the kind of, the, they always have a, like a media department for NRB. And then at one point you would, were working there and at another point you weren't working there. Um, can you help us understand what happened there? Because I mean, I'm sure a lot of people are saying, wait a minute, there are things that we are all on the front lines fighting for. And it seemed like we were all on the same team until in this case, you found yourself at odds with someone who you thought you were on the same team with. Yeah. I mean, it really was unfortunate. Uh, you know, I wrote a column USA Today. I, I regularly contribute to USA Today, and I went on TV to talk about it, which I, I also do regularly. And um, uh, it was this was the fall of 21, 2021, and I I basically wrote a column addressing why a lot of folks were hesitant about taking the COVID-19 vaccine, mm-hmm. uh, trying to help people understand why there's a hesitancy. You know, there's widespread distrust in the culture. Uh, public health officials have not been so forthright or they've actually con- contradicted themselves quite a bit uh politically but motivated or biased um and all sorts of things but then i said here's nevertheless here's why i got it and, and i explained a few reasons that i never really told people to go get it. i just said here's why i got it yeah. maybe talk uh-huh. to your doctor but then i went on tv and talked about it and it's funny the feedback i got after all this the, was largely positive especially from people who are skeptical of vaccine um saying hey thanks for not throwing us under the bus um, I try to defend evangelicals because, you know, the narrative was like, oh, those evangelicals are so, you know, backward and whatever. Mm-hmm. The only negative feedback I got was from people on the left who said, man, you should have crushed those people. And I said, well, that's why you're not making it, uh, convincing arguments. But <laughs> yeah. so anyway, I came into work the following week and uh, a few days later and was told that I would be dismissed because I violated our policy on neutrality, which – really was kind of a mystery to me. You know, I'd written about far more controversial things. They kind of expected mm-hmm. that because that's kind of what I do. And um, our members were very pro-vaccine. Many, many of them had done vaccine drives. Our our organization itself had put out emails saying, hey, come to our conference because, uh, you know, the vaccines are out there. Anyways, so it was, it was an unfortunate time. It was a painful time. But, you know, I really, the Lord was good to us during that season. And I really... You know, I was in the national spotlight. It was a news story for a couple of weeks, and I, I really felt like the Lord wanted me to call the, the church to, to unity. You know, a lot of mm-hmm. folks, when they get in mm-hmm. those situations, kind of take their pond of flesh, and they want to kind of go on a revenge tour. 
And I just didn't feel that was right. I felt like the Lord wanted me to do something different. And so hopefully I was able to model that, uh, you know, in the way I responded. And, and really this book kind of is an outgrowth of that to say, hey, what does it look like for Christians to love each other? What does Christian unity mean? What does it not mean? What are the issues we should be really fighting for? Mm-hmm. And what are the issues that we might have strong opinions about but might disagree on? And so hopefully it's helpful. Daniel Darling is my guest today here on The Bottom Line, and the book he's talking about is called Agents of Grace, How to Bridge Divides and Love as Jesus Loved. We have a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. I, I've been made aware, I, I think, you know, through stories like yours and just what happened during the pandemic, you know, you and I sound like we're on the same page in terms of how we approach the situation, and yet you chose to vaccinate and I chose not to, but we don't hate each other. You know, we we could actually make, you know, pretty rational cases in both directions. And I'm sure we each have family members and friends who made one choice or the other. And we're all still together. You know, we, we could we, this is a winnable war. Right. But it, it, I'm right. sure you've seen this working at the NRB. And, you know, I've seen it, too, where the number of people who would kind of get inside the silo, you know, kind of hunker down in the bunker, if you will, and, and then start lobbing holy hand grenades at each other doesn't really show the world how Jesus commanded us on the night he was betrayed, on the way to Gethsemane to say, by the way, here's your new command, love one another. Everyone's going to know you're on the same page. How, give us Talk about some of the, the things that you describe in the book as ways that are virtues that you describe as worthy virtues. Before we get into the, you know, which battles to fight, what are the virtues that are kind of the drivers behind the reason why we get so upset and kind of go to social media and try to prove everybody right or wrong? Well, I think the first one is love. I mean, Jesus said um, to his disciples, uh, the world will know your mind by the way you love one another. And mm-hmm. he said, this is a command I give you to love one another as I have loved you. How did Jesus love them? He loved them with a sacrificial love. He was going to the cross to die for their sins. And uh, Jesus is going to the cross to die for us. And we should model that kind of sacrificial love to our brothers and sisters. And, you know, let's realize who Jesus is speaking to. He's speaking to a diverse group of followers. You know, he had the 12 disciples. You think of, on the one end, you have Matthew, who was a um, tax collector, a sellout to the Romans, was not very well liked. On the other hand, he has Simon the Zealot, who's maybe Mm. a couple clicks away from being an insurrectionist. (laughs) And he Mm. thrusts them together because love one another as I have loved you. And God has called, we're, we're to um, see every human being as made in the image of God. But for Christians, we should have a special love for those who are brothers and sisters in Christ. And uh, Francis Schaeffer said something that's really powerful. He said, yeah, and, and let's keep in mind, Francis Schaeffer was a powerful apologist, unafraid to speak truth to the culture, unafraid to be prophetic to the church. And yet he he wrote a book called The Mark of a Christian, and he said, God has given the world to right, the right to judge the validity of our faith by the way that we treat each other. In other words, the mm. world should be looking in on Christians and say, I don't even know what they believe. I don't understand what this is. But look at the way they treat each other. Look at the way right. they care for right. each other. And this is something we should be modeling. Yeah. That's, that's great counsel from Francis Schaefer, but also from Daniel Darling today here on The Bottom Line. The book, Agents of Grace, How to Bridge Divides and Love as Jesus Loved, it's up at thebottomlineshow.com. Um, toward that end, if we're going to love one another, obviously one of the hallmarks of that is we are forgiven people. 
uh, you know, because of the work of Jesus on the cross. And yet, why is it that we in the body of Christ have such a hard time, Daniel Darling, forgiving people? I would imagine it wasn't easy for you and your family to look at your former employers and say, hey, wait, I thought we were all on the same page here, but I can forgive whatever, you know, trespass you've committed against me. Why do you think it's so difficult here in 2023 for Christians who have become so tribal and polarized to forgive as Christ has forgiven us? Well, I think there's a couple of things. I think, um, number one, we're living in a very divisive age. Um, We have the digital revolution where it's never been easier to communicate, to express our thoughts. We're living in a time of great upheaval. Um, We just had a worldwide pandemic and all that went with that. And so there's a time of great disruption. Every institution in American life is is kind of disrupted. There's widespread distrust uh, in society toward institutions. So all that is fertile ground for disagreement, for mm-hmm. for um, disunity. Um, and I think sometimes in the way that we fight, we're, we're actually being like the world. I mean, we should model something different than what the world sees every day, that in the church doesn't mean we don't have disagreements. And it doesn't mean we don't have to stand for really important issues. It doesn't mean we don't have accountability uh, for leaders. But the world should look in and see something different. We, we, we should be modeling something different because we have a supernatural love for each other. So I think the fact that we don't sometimes, you know, James says this in the book of James, where all the wars and fighting come, they're coming from, from your lust, that you, your, 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 uh, your hearts. It's coming from within. And God needs to do a work, a work of repentance revival i think among his church uh in this area yeah that's that's good counsel and it's it's something that i'm sure is a a lot of people are looking around saying you know with arms folded great i'll be sure to reach out the olive branch as soon as you reach one out to me first and maybe there's a little more work that needs to be done there uh daniel darling is my guest today here on the bottom line the brand new book is called agents of grace how to bridge divides and love as Jesus loved. We have a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. We'll take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll talk about something Daniel identifies as worthy fights. What what are the battles that we should be engaging in? What are the battles that maybe we're saying, hey, wait a minute, is that a cross I want to I wanna die on? We'll talk about that with Daniel Darling on the other side of this break as The Bottom Line continues in just a moment. One of the greatest gifts that we can give to an expectant mother is the gift of the first picture she'll ever have of her son or daughter in the womb. That comes through an ultrasound, and our friends at Preborn have an opportunity for us to make more of these ultrasounds a reality. Every time you give a donation of $28 to Preborn, that means one more ultrasound can take place. But how about giving enough money for an ultrasound machine? The cost is $15,000. It's a sizable investment. But every ultrasound machine can do 250 ultrasounds per year and lasts at least 10 years. Now take that cost $15,000 and divide that by 2,500. Okay, now you begin to see how the cost per ultrasound goes down even more once we have more ultrasound machines to donate into preborn clinics. Make a donation right now to preborn. It's completely tax deductible, and every penny, every dollar you donate right now is going to the purchase of an ultrasound machine. 833-850-BABY is the number to call, 833-850-2229, or go to kbrightradio.com. That's K-B-R-I-T-E radio.com. Click on the banner for Preborn and make your best donation right now. $25, $50, $100, it all counts towards saving babies' lives. kbrightradio.com, hit the Preborn banner right now. 
Welcome back to The Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh. Daniel Darling is my guest, and we are talking about his brand new book called Agents of Grace, How to Bridge Divides and Love as Jesus Loved in a World that Just Wants to Fight All the Time, it seems like. Uh, We've got one copy of this book to give away, 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278 is the number to get you through to the bottom line. Um, it's also Movie Monday, of course, and my thanks again to Dr. Jerry Newcomb, the pre- uh, fa- president and director of the uh, Providence Forum. Their new movie, Intolerant, is available on DVD, and we have three DVDs we're giving away between now and the top of the hour, so you've got a couple minutes left to call in. 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278, the number to get you through to the bottom line. Three copies of the Intolerant DVD for Movie Monday. One copy of Daniel Darling's book, Agents of Grace, uh, also giving away. And as a special added caveat, if you didn't hear the announcement earlier on in the program, today is my lovely wife Lisa's birthday. I'm not telling you which number. She gets to celebrate whichever one she wants to. Um, but that's entirely a woman's prerogative, right? But uh, I just if you mention you know, a birthday greeting and Crystal takes it down and sends it on over through an email, uh, you get a prize too. 800-227-5278-800-227-5278-800-227-5278-the number to get you through to the bottom line. One of the things we're uh, discussing here this hour is this intolerance that's in the culture and and how prevalent it's become. And one of the reasons I wanted to have Daniel Darling on the program today was to talk about how to bridge divides and to love people as Jesus loved, especially in the case where, as when Daniel was working for the National Religious Broadcasters Association, and how he he made a comment uh, that uh, it was during the COVID period. Uh, he believed it was you know perfectly appropriate for him to make. They disagreed and they fired him. And then he was very gracious and charitable in handling that response. That has become the exception rather than the rule. And you know it's amazing. I get it that that sometimes when you are wronged, you have to stand up and say, "Wait a minute, what you did was wrong," and I just have to say something about it. And I, I get it. I completely understand. But there's also the concept of turning the other cheek, of you know, absorbing the blow, of walking the extra mile with somebody who does you wrong. And I think that first and foremost, as long as we are working to be bridge builders and peacemakers rather than bridge burners and peacekeepers, uh, we'll actually be fulfilling the Great Commission. That is the good news, and that is the bottom line. KCBC audience, enjoy the rest of your afternoon. And Dr. Rabbi Schneider, which is coming up next. For those who remain on the network, more of my conversation with Daniel Darling, talking about how to be a bridge builder in a culture that is so divisive. It's coming up next as the bottom line continues. All right, Daniel Darling is my guest today here on the bottom line. I'm Roger Marsh. Dan is the author of a brand new book called Agents of Grace, how to Bridge Divides and Love as Jesus Loved. We have a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com after leaving his position or being left from his position with the National Religious Broadcasters Convention. Dan now hosts the weekly podcast, The Way Home. He leads the Land Center for Cultural Engagement and is a speaker at churches and conferences all around the country. Um, and he and his wife are in the throes of parenting with four kids right now. What are the age ranges of your kids, Daniel? I'm going to say an extra prayer for you and Angela as you're in the middle of that parenting season, which is always a lot of fun. I'm glad you asked. I just saw my oldest daughter graduate from high school. Hard to believe I'm I'm that old high school graduate. And then I have a 14-year-old son who's going to be a a sophomore next year. And then I have a 
13-year-old daughter who's going to be a uh, an eighth grade, and then I have an 11-year-old daughter who's going to be in sixth grade. So it's a full house, three teens yeah. and a preteen. <laughs> it's a full house. There's no hormones and drama at the Darling household, that's for sure. Not at uh, all. We'll, no, no. <laughs> we'll keep you at our prayers. Um, Agents of Grace is the brand-new book, How to Bridge Divides and Love as Jesus Loved. We have a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. Before the break, we were talking about the fights that we do get into, which ones we should, which ones we shouldn't. And I, I wanted to circle back to the, the issue of forgiveness for just a moment, because I, 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 I am the older I get, the more aware I am of the fact that this is really difficult for Christians, even though it was relatively, I don't want to say relatively easy for God, but now that Jesus has paid the penalty for our sin, that forgiveness is there for anyone who will believe and receive that that happened. And yet it, forgiveness is so difficult. Why, why do you think it is so difficult, Dan Darling? I mean, is it, why are we still so, I'll, I'll use this term, butthurt about things that people do to us and we just won't forgive them? Well, I think forgiveness is a really, really important concept. I, I think part of the reason is we don't fully understand forgiveness. We collapse different categories into that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm talking about deep hurts here. I'm not talking about, you know, these petty little things, but deep hurts where people have hurt us. I think there's really three levels. I think the first level, the basic level is forgiveness, where when someone has hurt us deeply, we we re- refuse to carry bitterness and anger with us because, you know, unforgiveness only ever hurts us. It never hurts the object of our unforgiveness. It, right. And I have seen um, people who carry unforgiveness. Uh, it just hurts every relationship. It leaks into every single thing that they do. Um, and really can destroy us someone and we have the power to forgive people our deeper because christ forgave us if if we can imagine this that what we have done to god is worse than what someone's done to us and yet god through christ has forgiven us so we can do that um i I think of joseph who looked at his brothers and said what you intended for evil god meant for good you know he named the evil he didn't he didn't you know some people say forgive and forget i don't think joseph forgot being trafficked into uh another country and, and, and sold into slavery. Um, and he called it evil. He said, what you do was evil, but God, and so he could see that God even used the evil for his good. But there's a second level that, that is, you know, reconciliation, which is, we should pursue, but it's not always possible. And it requires two people. And um, we should try to be at peace with folks as much as lies within us, but it's not always possible. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, th- I would say there's like a third level, which is trust, where um, trust has to be earned back. So, you know, if the church treasurer runs off with the, with the money, church money, you're going to forgive him, but you're not going to make him church treasurer for a while right. at all. Right, right. right. Um, so I think our inability to understand, sometimes we, we tell people give, and what we really mean is reconcile and all that. And that's harder. The, the other thing about forgiveness is that it's a process that takes it takes time mm-hmm. that God over time or intentional by walking with the spirit can heal our heart. Uh, Jesus told Peter to forgive 70 times seven. He wasn't giving him a formula or a checklist. What he was saying was forgiveness will be a way of life. It'll be a rhythm. Mm-hmm. So every single time you walk past that house or drive past that house, or you hear that song come on the radio or that picture floods your mind that reminds you of that pain, that, you need the practice of of crying out to God and appropriating the forgiveness He's given you, so that you can forgive others. That's the only way we can do it. I think those are it's really important. And if you can walk around with, you know, I I've had two major betrayals in my life that were deep and hard and painful, and it took time and took the Lord. 
but by God's grace, I've been able to be at peace with the people that have hurt me. Um, mm-hmm. I talk about that in a personal way in my book. I think it's really important. I've seen people destroyed by unforgiveness, and I really don't want to see that for anybody. Right. And that's that's good counsel, because uh, those listening right now to my conversation with Daniel Darling here on the bottom line are saying, where is this book, Agents of Grace? I've got to read about your stories because I this is eating me alive, too. And you begin to wonder, you know, all of a sudden um, I was angry with this person. I can't forgive them. Why do I keep drinking poison and getting sick? You know, and, and the idea that mm-hmm. there is an opportunity for healing, but it does involve forgiveness. It's kind of counterintuitive to us. Uh, we talk a lot in the book about if we're going to be agents of grace. We have to understand that there are some battles that are worth fighting in the culture, and there are some battles that are not. And the advent of social media has unfortunately magnified some of the smaller ones and minimized some of the more important ones. You have a whole section in the book that where you talk about worthy fights. Uh, which battles should we be choosing, Daniel, darling? I mean, which one and which ones maybe is it better for us to step away from? And we'll see that we can become agents of grace by not engaging in those types of battles. Yeah, well, I think, um, you know, we have to decide which we have to understand which battles are worth fighting, which are not. You know, at, in first in first Timothy, Paul tells Timothy on one hand, fight the good fight. Of right. faith. In other words, there's a good fight. There's a fight worth having. He's talking about this body of truth that has been passed down to us for 2000 years that tells us who God is, who we are. What what about the gospel? Um, you know, some people a lot of times it's called Christian orthodoxy. There's this body of truth that we can't we can't budge on. You know, Jude said to um, earnestly contend for the faith once delivered to the saints. Things like the exclusivity of Christ, the, the inerrancy of Scripture, the the um, you know uh, the Trinity. I would say biblical sexual ethics are so woven into Scripture that it, it's on that level. Um, this Christian orthodoxy that we have to hold on to—that's beautiful and precious. But then Paul also tells Timothy in Second Timothy, avoid stupid and foolish arguments. So there are things that you may have an opinion on that may be important, but are not worth um, fighting over. And I think distinguishing that, um, Dr. Moeller has coined a term. A, uh, Dr. Al Mohler coined term about 10 years ago called theological triage. And it's a concept that Christians have been doing for 2,000 years. But it's the, it's the idea that what are first order issues that are, that is that Christian orthodoxy, that if you don't believe these things, it's hard to say that you're a genuine Christian. Mm. Then there's second order things that Christians have disagreed about for all of church history, things like baptism, things like, you know, and this may be where we divide in terms of how we organize our churches. I'm a convictional Baptist. I have mm-hmm. some of my really good friends and heroes, and people I read and work with and do, do ministry with are Presbyterians or Anglicans. And we disagree on some of those things, but there, we agree on orthodoxy. So we may go to church differently. We may organize differently. Right. Um, and that's okay. Right. And sometimes those second order things are first order things within a denomination. So for Southern Baptists, you know, there's certain things that are secondary things what our first order within our denomination. But then you have then you have tertiary things, man, that even within the same congregation, um, you may disagree on. Uh, and, and then you have even like fourth order things like how do we educate our kids or or um, you know, all these kinds of things that we have a strong opinion on, but we hold them loosely. They're not things that I would go to the stake for, they're not things I would die for. And I think part of the problem is when we savage each other and separate from each other over these really tertiary things, we waste time and energy from the important fights that are mm. worth having. 
right? If mm-hmm. we're savaging each other over these things, we can't unite and fight over these things. The proverb says that a cord of three strands is not easily broken. Right. I think it's an Ecclesiastes. And if we're dividing over dumb things, we can't fight over the important things. And so I think mm-hmm. it really matters. We want to be wise with our with our fighting energy and not yeah. allocate it for things that are not ultimate. You know, it's interesting talking with Daniel Darling today here on the bottom line. The book is called Agents of Grace, How to Bridge Divides and Love as Jesus Loved. The one thread that uh, through our conversation here this past 20 minutes or so that I keep seeing is either we have this or we don't. I mean, forgiveness is important. Of course, love is important. But there's an aspect of uh, humility that if we're there and we're willing to humble ourselves in the sight of the Lord, if we're willing to walk with our brothers and sisters in humility to not think of ourselves as better than the other, but you know, trying to bring this unity together, it seems like if that piece of the puzzle is there, we've got a good shot at this. And if it's not, that our pride kind of leads to a fall. Dan, take the last 60 seconds of our time together. I mean, it's not a lot to talk about humility, but talk about why this was so important for you to put down as one of the worthy virtues that you write about in the new book, Agents of Grace. Well, I think we need humility. We've always, Christians have always needed humility in every age um, because, you, you know, to understand that he's God and we're not, that we're, right. we're loved by God, but we're frail, fallen, sinful sinners. And understand who we are and what we are is really important. I think it's important in this age because there's so many more ways to exalt ourselves, to, to mm-hmm. broadcast our self-righteousness, to try to become a hero to a certain tribe of people, to try to become a martyr to a certain tribe of people in order to gain currency to try to be the self-righteous one online or social media or in our interactions. And, uh, you know, sometimes God will give us a platform. Will God give, uh, give us an audience, like if you're a writer or speaker or pastor. And I don't think we should shy away from stepping into our calling. But to understand why has God done this? What am I doing with this? How am I serving the church in this way um, that is beneficial to the body? Understand that, you know, leadership is about servanthood. It's not about me. It's not about what I can get from it. It's about serving uh, the people God has called me to serve. Amen. Amen. Well, that's a very great encouragement and exhortation at the same time for us to uh, conclude our conversation. Daniel Darling, the author of the brand new book called Agents of Grace, How to Bridge Divides, Love as Jesus Loved. We've got a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. Dan, where's the best place for us to find you on social media these days? Well, you can go to my website, danieldarling.com, and I've linked to all my social media, Twitter, uh, Facebook, Instagram. You can also find links to my book. You can get my book anywhere books are sold, Amazon, independent bookstores, wherever uh, you, you like to find books. All right. Well, we'll put that link up, and uh, it's great. It's a one-stop shop. Hit the click, and it tells you everything you need to know, which is what we want the Internet to do for us and, and not spam us back coming in the, the other direction as well. Daniel Darling, a pleasure to spend some time with you again today, brother. Thank you so much for uh, the book and for the visit today here on The Bottom Line Show. Thank you. I, it's such a uh, privilege to be on with you, and thank you for your faithful ministry. Boy, great conversation and some words of wisdom indeed from Daniel Darling today here on The Bottom Line. The former uh, spokesperson, he was head of communications for the National Religious Broadcasters Association, and uh, he wound up becoming the subject of many national news stories all over the place after he was fired from NRB. Uh, for making some statements that I, I would support him in making. I may not necessarily agree with them, but I certainly uh, agree with his, you know, making that statement. And uh, it was regarding COVID and things like that. And the fact, though, that I was so impressed by the way that Daniel handled the situation. You know, he could have very easily said, I'm going to lawyer up, I'm going to sue you, blah, 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 blah. And instead, he, he 
basically turned the other cheek and said, here we go, let's get on to something else. And now uh, he has accepted a new position, which he is serving in very faithfully and very capably, uh, currently in a capacity that, uh, well, if he's an author, of course, uh, he hosts a weekly podcast called The Way Home. And he also leads the Land Center for Cultural Engagement. And um, th- this is encouraging for me to see that somebody who had a profile position where you might ordinarily see someone saying, I'm going to fight for this and hold on to this and et cetera, et cetera, saying, no, you know what? I mean, I don't necessarily agree with the way they handled this, but I'm going to, um, I'm, I'm going to let this one roll. And uh, I think that's, it's very, very encouraging to see a man of faith who says, I want to build bridges. I don't want to build walls. His book is called Agents of Grace, How to Bridge Divides and Love as Jesus Loved. We have a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com, and we're giving away a copy of the book right now. 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278 is the number to get you through to the bottom line. Um, one copy of this book we're giving away, and of course the phones are ringing off the hook for Jerry Newcomb and his uh, intolerant DVD here on this movie Monday. So I'm grateful that we have so many <laughs> cool things to give away at 800-227-5278. As we continue, I want to give you an update on the movie uh, Sounds of Freedom, an article that came out in a variety of all places late last week kind of puts in perspective why this movie is so important, but also shows us a way to speak the truth in love in a way that does not, I mean, it's a, it offends people the right way, okay, (laughs) and drives us towards something. Let's talk about that on the other side of this break as the bottom line continues. You can protect against market volatility without investing all your money into bonds. Wilson Financial has simply better alternatives. The last 12 months, there has been almost $1.7 trillion invested in investment-grade bonds. This move to safety locks up money for a long time of guaranteed low returns. Why? Market volatility. Well, my comment is why go with low earnings for a long time when you can get great earnings with a solid real estate-backed investment paying you 6% over the next three years. After three years, you can invest in another option, or you can do what most of our investors do and reinvest in another one of our new exclusive 6% accounts. This strategy gives you the best of both options without settling for many years of low returns. Our 3D Money 6% account pays you great interest while you're not subjecting yourself to market volatility. Call 800-696-9970, 800-696-9970, or visit kbrightradio.com slash Wilson Financial and ask about Dennis Wilson's exclusive real estate-backed 6% investment account. Wilson Financial Services, for simply better alternatives. My thanks again to Daniel Darling for joining me today here on The Bottom Line. His book, Agent of Grace, How to Bridge Div- Divides and Love as Jesus Loved, is up at thebottomlineshow.com. We're giving away a copy right now at 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278, the number to get you through to the bottom line. I think we may have reached our zenith when it comes to giveaways for the uh, movie Intolerance on this movie Monday, the movie that was produced by our friends at uh, Providence Forum and D. James Kennedy Ministries. Uh, Jerry Newcomb was talking about how we can understand the intolerance of the left and understanding that there is, in fact, an intolerance that we in the body of Christ have, but it's an intolerance against sin and evil and death and destruction. And that's something the left doesn't understand. Let me give you an example of how maybe, just maybe, um, there, there's a changing of the tide in the culture where people are standing up instead of you know backing down. Uh, anecdotally, this past June, which is typically LGBTQ Pride Month, quote unquote, 
uh, gets lots of widespread good attention. This year, it seems like fewer and fewer organizations were, quote unquote, celebrating it. And even to the point where Bud Light has made some radical changes. I mean, they lost 25% of their market share because of their partnering with a transgender uh, advocate, if you will, on social media. And uh, it was one little innocent, as they put it, twit, uh, tweet, or I remember Vince Scully was talking about the Twitter verse, and he goes, so I was putting something on Twitter. What is that, a twit <laughs> instead of a tweet? Um, but, you know, it, it, people are starting to step up and say, wait a minute, right is right, wrong is wrong. God decides who is right and wrong, and it's our job to stand for what is biblically right and true, which leads us to the movie Sound of Freedom, because it just came out of nowhere and became a surprise hit. Now, Forbes magazine, I think I said Variety earlier, but it's Forbes.com, did a piece on this last week, and I, I, we've got it up at thebottomlineshow.com. I want to share some of the highlights with you about this because it, they basically are looking at Sound of Freedom and saying, okay, who cares that Jim Caviezel has uh, is allegedly tied to QAnon and this, that, and the other thing. Um, it came out of nowhere. It opened on the 4th of July, it had a $14 million budget. It has lots of different things against it. But what they did, and I commend them for doing so, is they went, um, basically they, they, they took this and said, we're going to compare Sound of Freedom to other Hollywood box office successes and failures and see what it's really doing. Now, it continues to rank in the top five, if not the top three in Hollywood movies. And they're going up against some big ones too. Now that Barbie and Oppenheimer are in and um, there's some other big releases from last weekend, uh, you, you wouldn't expect it to stay top five as long as it has. But this is, this is a movie too that has actually won some days during the midweek things, especially. A lot of Christians going out. You know, the, a movie that might do seven or eight, maybe $10 million at the box office on a Friday, Saturday, and Sunday that's still doing five and six million a day in um, in box office during the week you know it's it's really unheard of a lot of times even the big movies like mission impossible or something like that they're on 4500 screens you'll look at their you know weekend total barbie opened up at like 155 million this first weekend right and then you wouldn't expect it to do that kind of numbers during the week they'll get two or three million you know whatever because not that many people are going sound of freedom just keeps coming and coming and coming in fact taking a look at domestic box office through 2023 for the first basically seven months of the year, Sound of Freedom is 15th. Now that's 15th overall. And this was uh, Forbes reporting last week, so they were taking not this past weekend into consideration, but up through, this was published on July 25th. So as of Monday, July 24th, Sound of Freedom had been at around $125 million. So here's who it's beating right now, okay? Um, these are some pretty impressive names. The film surpassed the gross total of Scream 6. Now, I realize that doesn't sound like a lot to us, but Scream franchise, Scream did $108 million. That crazy AI doll movie, Megan, did you see that one? M3GAN. Nobody wants that one. $95 million. Dungeons and Dragons. With an all-star cast, Honor Among Thieves, I mean, Chris Pine and all of the, 93 million. The Flash, is that Zachary Levy? 107 million. Now, The Flash cost $200 million, Ezra Miller's the star, 
Now, critics are saying, well, yeah, it didn't do that well. Ezra Miller has some legal problems and this, that, and the other thing. But Mission Impossible, now this is huge. Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning Part 1. Tom Cruise does Mission Impossible movies, and they just rain in the money. This one had a budget of just a hair under $300 million. And so far, Sound of Freedom has outgrossed it. Now, it opened a couple days after Sound of Freedom. But Mission Impossible fell behind. As a matter of fact, in the weekend of uh, July 21st through 23rd, on Sunday, Sound of Freedom grossed $6.7 million to Mission Impossible's $6 million. Now, it's still way behind the biggest domestic earners of the year. Uh, Super Mario's at five seventy-five, dollars Spider-Man's at three seventy-five, Guardians of the Galaxy, three fifty-nine. dollars But, you know, what's interesting, too, is this is only U.S. box office. Sound of Freedom has only been released in the U.S. so far. Mission Impossible has done 107 in the U.S., but it's $370 million globally. The Flash, $268 million globally. Scream 2, 169. So the worldwide totals push them over the top. This was where, you know, especially toward the end of the line of his career, uh, the... Um, the, the, the Sylvester Stallone line about, you know, making a movie and people go, oh, who sees it here? No one saw it in the States. Toward the end, they all went overseas. But there's another part of Sound of Freedom success that I, I can't stress enough, and bottom line listeners have made, been a part of this. On the other side of this break, I want to talk about how many of these tickets are being purchased through the Pay It Forward campaign. Totally unique to the big box office. How has that impacted Sound of Freedom's success at the box office? Let's talk about that on the other side of this break as the bottom line continues. You know the old expression, a picture is worth a thousand words? Well, if you're an expectant mom and you go to a pregnancy health center that is in partnership with Preborn, one picture can say way more than that. And that picture I'm talking about is an ultrasound picture. Every donation that goes to Preborn goes to providing ultrasounds for women who are expecting children and they want to know what all of their options are. When you call 833-850-BABY right now, you give a gift of $28 that provides one ultrasound. But if you give a gift toward the purchase of an ultrasound machine, now that's a $15,000 investment, but every ultrasound machine can do 250 ultrasounds per year and lasts a minimum of 10 years. That's 2,500 ultrasounds available to women right now. Think of all the babies, thousands of babies' lives that will be saved by your donation to preborn right now. Call 833-850-BABY. 833-850-BABY. That's 833-850-2229. Make your best donation right now. $50, $100. Maybe you want to give $15,000. It's completely tax deductible. We've had a couple of bottom line listeners step up and do just that. 833-850-BABY. 833-850-BABY. That's 833-850-2229. Call Preborn right now. Welcome back to this Movie Monday edition of the Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh. Thanks to everybody who called in for a copy of Intolerant. We had three of those we were giving away from Providence Forum. Dr. Jerry Newcomb was here to talk about how uh, intolerant the left is and how we as Christians can be intolerant of sin and hatred and things of that nature, anything that goes against our biblical values. But we can also be very loving and even bridge-building toward that end, and this movie reinforces that. Also, Daniel Darling, Agent of Grace, his new book called uh, Agent of Grace, How to Bridge Divides and Love as Jesus Loved. We've got 
a link for that book and that movie up at thebottomlineshow.com. And in addition to that, we were giving away, we gave away three copies of the movie and one copy of the book. Uh, give uh, our faithful <laughs> phone responder, Crystal, a call at 800-227-5278 if you want to get in on the final drawing, which is wishing my, my wife, Lisa, a happy birthday. Um, we were talking about Sound of Freedom, though, and how it has been outperformed. It's the number 15 movie at, in Hollywood for the entire year. Domestically, it's beaten Mission Impossible and Scream 6 and The Flash and uh, Dungeons and Dragons. I mean, it's incredible. But this is very interesting. Very, very interesting. Um, Sound of Freedom is selling a lot of tickets. As a matter of fact, the Pay It Forward program, which we talked about here, uh, last week we gave away a pair of tickets to Sound of Freedom. And we also encourage people to purchase the Pay It Forward tickets. Now, Pay It Forward tickets work like this. You go to Angel Studios, angel.com forward slash pay it forward forward slash freedom. And um, you get a chance then to, if you need free tickets, you can get some there. People have purchased them and left them on the virtual box. And if you want to buy some and leave them there for someone else to do, you can get that as well. On July 4th, Sound of Freedom sold about $10 million in pre-sale tickets. And then another uh, million or so in sales that went to the opening day. Opening day total for Sound of Freedom, July 4th, was $14.2 million. But the Pay It Forward campaign, where people actually saw the movie, then bought tickets, left the tickets on the website for somebody else to pick up, and then go ahead and use them, accounted for $2.6 million dollars of ticket sales. As a matter of fact, um, The Guardian, UK publication, went to a Times Square screening uh, at a three in the afternoon, just went in. When they got in, they went to Fandango to see how many tickets were left and found out that there were 28 seats that hadn't been sold. But when they got inside the theater, there were actually 45 seats that weren't sold. Um, interestingly enough, though, uh, yeah, Jim Caviezel, they're trying to... Uh, tie him to QAnon and, you know, this, that, and the other thing. But the reality is we have a film here that talks about a very real problem, does it in a very fair and balanced way, does it sensationalize, does give us the opportunity to be shocked about it, but then also gives us the opportunity to respond. Sound of Freedom may just be the new blueprint for the faith-based movie moving forward in our culture. As much as I love the Kendrick Brothers movies and the Irwin Brothers movies, there's a special place for that kind of let's, you know, as Christians, be better Christians. But in terms of living out your faith in a way that works against the society that's trying to harm the most innocent, in this case, children, and also presents it in a true gospel-like fashion, Sound of Freedom may be the new standard. That's something to consider, and that's the bottom line.